0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Good morning. And such a day it is today, such a day it was yesterday. I was downtown in Santa Barbara, and um, as I looked up at the hills and up at the sky, Everything was clear and clean and bright. Um, After the rain, it was as if the sky had been scrubbed of every impurity. All of that smoke that might have been left in the sky from the fires that we've had, all of that um, uh, pollution that might have come up from somewhere other than beautiful Santa Barbara, All of that grody stuff had been scrubbed from the sky, and it was clean. And I looked up at the hills, and the hills were dusted off and watered, and all the colors were just eye-popping. The green was coming out. It was clean. It was beautiful. It was shining forth with the beauty and the glory of all that it was created to be. And all I could say was, glory to God. And then I found myself wondering judgmentally, as I often do, why the entire city, why the entire village had not spilled out to give glory to God. Why was it that the whole town was not out there thanking God for what he has given us in our village? Do you know that the Lord Jesus has come to our village today and he has come here and he is reaching out to touch you. And when he touches you, you will be changed. What do we do after that moment of change? And what do we do with the rest of our life once we have been changed? Today, we see in the Gospel Jesus reaching out, condescending to the most feared, to the most despised, to the most wretched. He has not come to the entitled and the privileged. He has come to the pariahs. He has come to those that no one wants to be close to. He has come to those who know their sin, and their sin is ever before them, who know their pain, and their pain is ever with them, and who know their disease, and their disease is with them. He reaches out to them. He reaches out to know to those who know. He reaches to touch lepers. Now, we may not know much about leprosy in our time. It seems to have been eradicated mostly in our country, except, interestingly enough, in Louisiana, where I understand it's now mutated and can be uh, transmitted by armadillos, of all things. Go figure. I actually talked to a physician who had been one of the last physicians at the leprosarium down there. But even in our day of medical miracles, the stigma of the word leprosy sends something of an ancient chill down our spines. It makes our skin crawl, much as when someone is talking about uh, lice or something like that. You know, all of a sudden, or poison oak. You, you, You don't have to touch it or to have it all of a sudden your very skin starts to crawl just when you hear the word. And so it is with leprosy. But the reality of leprosy, the reality of leprosy is a horrible thing. Rich or poor, anyone, anyone. Uh, Back in the Old Testament, there was that uh, Naaman, the leper, who was a mighty man, who was a a warrior and a captain of soldiers, he got it. All of his defense, all of his armor couldn't keep him from it. Rich men and poor, rich women and poor, anyone might be afflicted by boils on the skin that erupted and spread and seemed to consume flesh and bone while horribly deforming the appearance of the person. Is it any wonder that even now, just the mention of the word sends a chill? Without the benefit of medical knowledge about how this disease spread, and before the grace of antibiotics, it is no wonder that for the ancients, leprosy incited fear and loathing in the hearts of the whole town. In the primal understanding of the Jews, the cause of the disease was related to sin. Sin on the part of the one who was afflicted with it. But yet, even then, somehow or another, there was a grace that seemed to be there. For even in the Old Testament, we find provision for what one was to do if he was healed of leprosy. The task of the diagnosis of the disease was given to the Levitical priests. If leprosy was observed, the leper was separated from normal society and the leper was required to live outside the camp. Today in our time, it's not just those with diseases who we make live outside the camp. It's those who aren't like us. It's those who, are, who have fallen on hard times. We make them live outside the camp. We shun them. And when healthy people pass nearby in ancient times, the lepers were required by law to warn them. They warned them with a bell that they carried, and they cried out, saying, Unclean, unclean, unclean. Yet, even from the beginning, there was gracious provision of the possibility of cleansing, healing, and purification. We read of this grace in the 14th and 24th chapters of Leviticus. The leper was to present himself before the priest who verified that he had indeed been healed. And after a ritual of purification, he might then return to normal society But this healing didn't happen very often. And so legions of lepers roamed in torment on the fringes of the ancient world. Yet this day, and the gospel is always today, the gospel is always this day. This day, the Lord incarnate in human flesh has come to save all flesh. All flesh, whether corrupted and diseased and broken and wounded. All flesh, no matter what. All flesh who are willing to accept the salvation. Jesus did not stay in the comfort of the community of the normal, of the healthy, but rather he condescended to come outside of the camp. Not within the camp, but outside the camp. He came outside to meet those who were afflicted with all the most wretched diseases of sin. In other words, he's come to meet me. It's not that he's come to meet that messy guy that's over there, he's come to meet me. If the Apostle Paul could say that he was the chief of sinners, we better not be too smug about our righteousness. Though he was born in the flesh a righteous Jew, it was his custom to travel through Samaria, where there were many lepers, rather than to go around it like most Jews traveling north from Jerusalem to Galilee. What can we learn from this about our Lord? And what might we apply to our lives from our Lord? We see that he does not avoid us in our sin. Rather, he comes to us. He does not pull back from touching us. He extends the grace of his hand, to me, a sinner. He extends that grace, that self-same grace, he extends that to each of you today in your affliction. Though the leprosy of our sin may be great and hideously obvious to all, or though perhaps we may try to hide the disease, We may try with coverings and cosmetics that we would put over ourselves. Nonetheless, he sees us as we are. He sees us naked as he made us. He sees that which we try to cover up. And he still comes to heal. He sees us as we are. And still he comes to heal us. He reaches to touch us where we are sore. Are you sore in some place that you have covered up? He reaches to touch that place. He reaches to touch you where you are sore. And so he passes nearby to us. And like the lepers of old who cried out, unclean, unclean, we may cry out similarly, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And mercy it is indeed that he has come to us with. With a word or a touch, he tells us to present ourselves to the priests in the temple. And so, Here we are today. We have presented ourselves in his holy temple, and lo, we find that the Lord we met on the way is that selfsame great high priest who meets us in the temple. In the miracle of his word, we have been healed, and he himself has provided the offering, for an offering is required to seal the purification, and he himself provided the offering for you, for your purification. Behold, if you have the eyes to see it, in a moment that very same offering will be brought to the altar, and we shall partake of it for the healing of every infirmity. If by this holy medicine We are healed of every infirmity of our sin. How do we then respond to Him? Do we fall at His feet with tears of joy and gratitude? Are our lives changed in that moment? And do we think of what it is we shall do with this glorious life that He has given us? Do we act like the one or like the nine? Do we just take communion, grab our donut, and do whatever else it is that we do today, not remembering what happened? Day after day in the course of our lives, the Lord comes to us. He passes nearby. He wants to touch us. He wants to heal us, for we are his creation He rejoices in his creation. He wants to restore it to the way he created it and not leave it in the way into which it has fallen. He wants to touch us and heal us. And while our sick bodies and souls still have that gift of life, he is presenting us with the opportunity to be healed. So let us respond today. Let us not walk away without response. May our hearts, from deep down inside, cry out, Lord, have mercy, as he is passing by. And when he sends his mercy, and when he heals us, from deep down may we be truly thankful And may we come to the temple truly in our hearts, not just being present here, sort of, waiting for our donut. May we be truly in the temple as we are in the temple. And may we do in the temple what it is that we were brought here to do. May we glorify God with a loud voice, like that one thankful leper who was made well. All glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.